Well, praise the Lord. I thank God for His grace to us and this time that we've had to be able to worship and song. And I want us to turn our attention to the Gospel of John. And my focus today is going to be in chapter 20 in a message entitled, Don't Miss Jesus. Don't Miss Jesus. On Sunday, following the crucifixion on Friday, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark. And the stone had been taken away. So she ran to where Simon Peter was and to John and told them that the stone was gone. Jesus was gone. And she didn't know where they had taken him. The two disciples ran to the tomb together and they found the linen cloths lying there. They went in and it says that John saw and believed, but Mary stayed outside of the tomb while she wept and thought about where Jesus had been taken. Two angels were there, one at the head and one at the feet of where the body of Jesus had been. And the angel said to her, why are you weeping? And she said, because they've taken my Lord and I do not know where. She turns around and Jesus is standing there, but at first she doesn't recognize Jesus, perhaps because it was still a little bit dark, perhaps because of the tears that were in her eyes, or maybe just because she was not expecting to see him. And the question was asked of her, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? And at first she thought that he was the gardener, and Jesus said to her, Mary. Can you imagine in that moment if you had not been expecting to see him, but were longing to know where he was, and he speaks your name? He calls you by your name. And she turns around and she proclaims, Rabboni, or teacher. And then she went and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and told them what he had said. We begin reading here in the Gospel of John, chapter 20, beginning in verse 19. And I'm going to read through verse 31. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled, for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Now verse 24. Now Thomas, called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, We have seen the Lord. So he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas with them. Jesus came, the doors being shut, 
and stood in the midst and said, Peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, Reach your finger here and look at my hands and reach your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen me and yet have believed. Now verse 30. And truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. Don't miss Jesus. You say, well, how could I miss Jesus? Well, we see a couple of ways that you can miss Jesus from the life of Thomas and his response to the message of the risen Lord and then to the presence of the risen Lord. First of all, you can miss Jesus by ignoring his resurrection. You can miss Jesus by ignoring his resurrection. Here was Thomas, who was one of the 12 disciples of Jesus. He's also called Didymus in the Bible, which is the Greek equivalent of his name, both meaning twin. Now, we're not told who Thomas's twin was, but that's the way that he's referred to. Thomas is featured several times in the Gospel of John leading up to this passage that we just read. The first time that Thomas is featured is back in John chapter 11, after they learn that Lazarus, the brother of Mary and Martha, had died. Jesus heard about it, and he was determined that he was going to return to Judea. The problem was, in Judea, there were some people who were plotting to kill him. They wanted his life. They wanted to see his demise. And Thomas said in that moment to the other disciples, let us go with him so that we may die with him. Here was a man who had already professed his commitment to Jesus. He was devoted to the Lord, even being willing to die for the Lord, even though at that moment he didn't fully understand the significance of it all. The second time that Thomas is featured is in John chapter 14. Jesus was preparing his disciples for the days that were to come and for his departure and for his exit to heaven. And he told his disciples that he was going to prepare a place for them. And if he went and prepared a place for them, he would come again and receive them to himself, a promise that we hold on to today. Thomas began to think about what Jesus had said, and he replied to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? Now, that's a logical question. And you remember what Jesus said to him? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. The third time that Thomas is featured is here in John chapter 20, after Jesus first appeared to the disciples. 
In fact, in verse 24, it says that when Jesus appeared to the disciples, that Thomas was not with them. He was not there in the room when Jesus first appeared to his followers. He wasn't present in the upper room when Jesus came. So that begs the question, where was Thomas? What was Thomas doing? Where did Thomas go? And we're not given the answer in the scripture. We just know that he was not there. The disciples of Jesus had gathered because they were afraid of what was going to happen. After all, they had just seen their teacher, their Lord. They had just seen him crucified. And now they're wondering what's coming next. And word was circulating that the body of Jesus had been stolen. And nobody knew where the body of Jesus had been taken. And it was in the midst of those fears that Jesus appeared to them and he stood in their midst and he spoke words of peace to them. Doesn't it seem like in the darkest moments of life when we don't know what's coming next that God through his word and by his spirit speaks words of peace into our lives bringing a calming presence that we would not otherwise have? Jesus had prepared them for days of uncertainty. And when he said, peace be with you, he then showed them his hands and his side. And the Bible says that the disciples were glad. And Jesus said again to them, peace to you. But Thomas was nowhere to be found. He didn't hear the words. He didn't receive the words of peace from Jesus. And sometimes in our world, in the midst of all of this uncertainty that we face and all of the distress and all of the doubt and all of the concerns that we have, we might not be present either if we're not expecting peace to come from Jesus. If we're not looking for it, we might not experience it. But eternal peace is found only in Jesus. And not only was Thomas not there in that moment to receive the words of peace from Jesus, Thomas was not there in that moment to receive the words of power from Jesus. It says that Jesus breathed on them and he told them to receive the Holy Spirit. And when he did, he spoke words of forgiveness to them. And then Thomas was not there in that moment to receive words of purpose from Jesus either. He said, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. Jesus was preparing them for the Great Commission as we know it. That the purpose of his followers was to go to the ends of the earth, to spread the gospel message, to tell people about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, to tell people that there is a risen Lord. And that's what we're doing today is we're proclaiming that Christ is risen and we've been sent in the power of the Holy Spirit and we have the peace of God upon us and we have all that we need to accomplish the mission that God has given us. But Thomas didn't hear it because in some way he had ignored the resurrection he had missed jesus he had missed the risen lord up to this point the second way that we can miss jesus is you can miss jesus by doubting his resurrection you can miss jesus by doubting his resurrection now the other disciples told thomas when he came that they had seen the lord it says that they were glad uh, by the way i think that is a 
slight understatement that Jesus was in their presence, that the Lord whom they loved, the Lord whom they followed, he was there and they were happy, they were jubilant, they were uh, rejoicing because of his presence. And I'm sure they were excited about telling Thomas that they had seen the Lord. He had initially not been there and now he doubted. Eyewitness testimony. His friends the 10 closest friends that he had in the entire earth. Can you imagine if your closest friends were happy about something that they had witnessed and they gave an eyewitness testimony to you and your response to your closest friends is, I don't believe it. And Thomas says in verse 25, unless I see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and put my hand in his side, I will not believe. Now it's important to note here that he stated his doubt with what amounts to a double negative. He drew the line in the sand. He was a skeptic at best, but he was an outright denier at worst. And this is why we know him most commonly today and even use the phrase of other people. He was a doubting Thomas. He was a doubting Thomas. Now, maybe you're a skeptic about Jesus, his life, his death, his resurrection. Maybe you're an outright denier of who Jesus is. After all, it's popular in our day to question beliefs it's even more popular to question traditional beliefs and to say oh that's outdated this was a figment of their imagination they made all this up it's for crazy people to believe and maybe you're in that camp and a desire for confirmation is understandable because it is critically important whether or not Jesus actually rose from the dead in fact our entire faith rises and falls on the fact of whether or not Jesus was buried and was raised from the dead so if he is risen that changes everything and you understand that the problem is not questioning the problem is not even a hint of doubt in your heart. The problem is your response. And if your attitude is, I will never believe, and you're not genuinely, genuinely seeking the answer, and you have no intention of seriously considering it, then your question is not genuine, and there's no way that you're going to end up at the right response. I'd go a step further and say that the resurrection of Jesus is the cornerstone of our Christian faith. The resurrection of Jesus is the best attested fact in all of history and experience. As we read in the opening today in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, during the days that followed Jesus' resurrection, he showed himself to be alive from the dead by many infallible proofs. He appeared in various places and at various times to many people and those people told other people what they had seen and what they had experienced to as many as 500 people at once and as the words of the gospels were written many of those people were still alive 
So the resurrection of Jesus demonstrates that he defeated death, hell, and the grave, and he secured our forgiveness. The resurrection of Jesus also provides believers with spiritual power for today. The resurrection of Jesus guarantees the future resurrection of believers. The resurrection of Jesus is evidence that God will one day judge the world in righteousness. And I say to you today, don't miss Jesus by doubting his resurrection because he is risen. He is risen. But then thirdly, you can find Jesus by believing in his resurrection. You can find Jesus by believing in his resurrection. After eight days, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them this time. Jesus once again comes in. He stands in the midst of them, and he repeats the words of peace. And then he says to Thomas in verse 27, Reach your finger here and look at my hands. And reach your hand here and put it into my side. Now here's the most important thing that Jesus said in that moment. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And it's the same thing that the Spirit of God is saying to you today. Friend, don't be unbelieving. Be believing. Don't doubt, except by faith. And don't miss the point here. Thomas was able to find Jesus because Jesus found Thomas. And did you know that all of us who are saved, we were able to find Jesus because Jesus first sought us out? That God is the primary mover. God is the one who is the seeker of our souls. God is the one who is our shepherd. We all, like sheep, have gone astray, but the shepherd of our souls has come after us. And Thomas found Jesus because Jesus found him. And I think Jesus was essentially saying to him in this moment, starve your doubts and feed your faith. Believe don't doubt so in that moment thomas was confronted with the reality of the living lord he saw the wounds representing what jesus had done on the cross jesus taught him to reach his finger and to look at his hands and to reach his hand and to put it into his side and when you are confronted with the reality of the living Lord, it brings you to this point of a crisis of faith. Maybe you've just known about Easter because of the pageantry of the season. Maybe you know the basic elements of the story of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, but you have never personally truly believed. You see, there comes a point in all of our lives when we are confronted with the reality of the gospel that it causes a crisis of belief. Yes, we may have doubt. Yes, we may have questions. Yes, we may wonder because we don't understand it all. But God is calling us to respond in faith and to be believing, not unbelieving. And if we'll be believing, we can find Jesus. And Thomas proclaimed, My Lord and my God. My Lord acknowledges the sovereignty of Jesus. My God acknowledges the deity of Jesus. He found Jesus. He believed in the resurrection. 
and you and I can as well. And here's what Jesus said in verse 29. Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Now let me just pause right here and let's put a parenthesis here in this section of this verse. Because these next words are words for us. I want you to think just for a moment as though it were Jesus speaking to you and you only. When Jesus says, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. So you put your name there. Blessed are you if you've not seen Jesus, but yet you have believed. Jesus is referencing faith that is able to please God. And if we want to please God, we must come to God and believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him and i have never physically seen jesus but by faith i have received jesus i have believed in him i have trusted in him and jesus is saying to you today blessed are you if you have not seen me but yet you have believed you are willing to follow and accept the good news about the savior romans 10 9 says if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you believe in your heart that God is raised him from the dead you will be saved that's the promise of the good news of Jesus so to all of my brothers and sisters in Christ I pray that you have not only a blessed celebration of the resurrection today but that the peace of God, the peace that Jesus brings, would saturate your life and you would stand firmly, rock solid in the confidence of who God is and who you are in Him as one who has been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb and who's been empowered by the Holy Spirit through the risen Christ. And today, if you don't know Him, what a better day than today to trust in Jesus, to turn from your sins and turn to the Savior and believe in Him so that you can say the same thing that Thomas said, Jesus, my Lord and my God, I believe in you. Now notice again here, verse 30 and 31. And I'm going to close with this. The Bible says, And truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of His disciples, which are not written in the book. Verse 31. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. So Jesus did far more than what is written down. And can you imagine all of the volumes that it would take to contain all that Jesus has done in the last 2,000 years on behalf of his people and as the active one in all of creation, as the sovereign Lord? He says, all this that has been written has been written so that you might believe, so that I might believe. And then by believing, we would have life in his name that we would have eternal life in Jesus. I'm going to pray, and I want to invite you as I pray, if you've not believed in the name of Jesus, to do so right now, wherever you are, to surrender your life to Christ. And then after I pray, we're going to have a closing song, and it's going to be a song of celebration. It'll conclude our service. And we pray that each of you would have a 
blessed and happy Easter in celebration of the resurrection of Jesus. Let's bow our heads together as we pray. Gracious Father, we thank you for uh, this story from the life of Thomas, who we have known as doubting Thomas, unfortunately, because he became believing Thomas. But the reality is each of us have doubted, we've wondered, we've questioned. And yet when we believe, you lift all of those doubts. You give us peace and uh, the power that comes from knowing you through Jesus our Savior and Lord. I pray in this moment, if there's anybody under the sound of my voice that has not repented and believed, that today they would, that they would say yes to Jesus, turning from their sins and turning to the Savior, believing in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus so that they might receive the gift of eternal life. God, that they would say yes to you, that they would believe even though they've not seen. And we would rejoice with all the angels in heaven at your grace so lord bless us as we go through the remainder of this day and now as we conclude our service and a time of singing and celebration may our hearts be encouraged because of who we are in you and because of jesus our lord and our god and we pray it in his name amen